You wanna make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put it in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know a DraftKings stay away? Let be. So, who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who was the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's vote when the bean. Who's that out there living they dream? Let's vote when the bean. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's vote and the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's vote and the bean. You wanna make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know what DraftKings stay awake? Let be. So who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who is the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's bow and the bean. Who's that out there living the dream? Let's bow and the bean. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's bow and the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's bow and the bean. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> we broke the record. Longest UFC event of all time was just recently capped over the weekend. And if you're welcoming yourself back to another show here at Lab B, we told you you could have skipped this one for a reason. And you would have saved a lot of time in your evening. How, how did your weekend go? Eh, you know, I did over 7 of 13 of fights. That's... Far off of last week. Um, I think I did 7 of 13. I think I was just waiting on that last fight to come through. I, like, I, come was, on. The, I was the exact same. We had a couple upsets. Uh, and we picked such decisions. different cards. Yeah. We both end up 7 at 13. <laughs> <laughs> All the way around. It was pretty tough. We also had a historic four people missing weight by pounds. So there was multiple. And every single one of those fighters, which was... It was four, uh, not five. And the fifth one was a catch weight because it was short notice uh, yep, with Young. I do. So uh, it ended up being Young ended up... No, it wasn't Young. Camacho and Benoit. And the chick. And Clark. And there was another one. The other chick. Uh, the other lady fight, which was... <laughs> the other chick. Kasim. Kasim as well. So... All four of those fighters did win their fights. 187 on the clock woo, woo. instead of the Glock. I like the Glock a little bit more. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. So, um, what are you going to do? You're definitely going to stay on it. And hey, 7 in 13 is still a positive over still 50%. On the plus side. So, long term, you're going to end up cashing out more than not. Remember to subscribe wherever you're listening this to. But as far as the card itself, there were so many decisions. Was your neck versus Hamilton was absolute garbage to start off the night and going to fade both of those guys from this point on out. Everything else went, I feel like, as we were saying, Shelton's wrestling. He did all right at the beginning. There was a chance I thought he was going to get that fight, and then I picked him to win. I will say from this, I 
was more impressed with, uh, was it Shelton that he fought? Yeah, yeah. I was more impressed with Shelton in this fight than I have been in the previous fights, and I will be for the first time more likely to watch him because I don't think Lhasa is a walkthrough fight. Lhasa. Yeah, I agree with that. Tysivov ended up knocking out Rashad Coulter in the first round. I ended up switching this over the weekend once I had found out that Mark Hunt had just completely abandoned that camp, and the heavyweight looked... Uh, Taisuva looked heavier than any tape I'd seen before by 20 pounds. He weighed in right at the limit for heavyweight. So, right, I I was definitely. I loved him. Scary. I had him everywhere, and I will have him going. For, I thought his technique looked so good. The knees were killer. The I thought height it, looked, he it was got a baby everything. Mark Hunt. Baby Mark Hunt. He looked like Mark Hunt with a little more diversity. But you know what? You're right. Baby Mark Hunt, and he just had the height. And youth that we I haven't ever gotten to see from Mark. Hunt. Exactly, exactly. A little more active too. So fun, fun prospect there. We're caught Rashad Coulter. Time to get on out of here. Get it. I don't know, but I think you could be onto something that there could be potential money to make going forward because to two of us saw. Um, I don't think he is in the hype train that I've thought um, and I have also noticed this saying this person's name Naganu we say it proper like proper Englishmen a lot of people do say Gano I've yeah. been listening to every announcer how does he pronounce it because that's the way I'll go with it uh, I thought Dan said, Hardy Gugano. says Naganu and he says because they're they're European so we right. say it like the with the Queen's English we say it properly <laughs> I pronounce whatever. Yeah. If a fighter says this is how you pronounce my name, I will pronounce it that way. I don't way. know if they're pressing it though. I feel like they even during the thing, the build up for him. I've been watching. It's almost like they've re-recorded and overdubbed everybody saying good no. Listen to it again. You're like, huh? I don't remember them yelling these things during the fight. Is this Joe Rogan just in a sound booth screaming? How did you end up feeling about the commentating over the weekend during the card? How do you feel that Dan Hardy and his sidekick did? <sighs> they need another person. I'm used to the three man table now. It was too. It got a little stagnant. Well, you know, and they had more time to fill than any other announcers that, ever. That's also the the truth. They had more time on air than ever and nothing to talk about yeah of course so, it's gonna so get the a two boss and looking forward what, what i was gonna say is i don't see him yet as the hype train that i think francis naganu is i don't see him as that reliable yet he has a lot of um trudging to do through this division before he they and i hope they don't throw him to the wolves but he will be a great person to bring eyes that maybe the ufc can let mark hunk go Maybe they can let this man. <laughs> what stop. because of the legal he's stature a, right he, now? Well, they might and not he's be a able detriment to, to himself at this point. Right, it's such a gray area with Mark Hunt because he's suing them already. So you don't want to fire him a wrongful cause to give him more suits all of a sudden because he's already in court. Might as well throw on what, another. But what cases. I would give Mark Hunt really good chances if he were fighting in the heavyweight tournament over at Bellator right now. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um, okay, maybe not. But quickly, yeah. right before that fight, it was Camacho ended up beating Damon Brown, and that ended up being fight of the night, even though Camacho didn't get the chance for the bonus because he missed weight by, like, four pounds. Both of those guys, I don't think Damon Brown is too, too high caliber, and Camacho was in it. 
by the seat of his pants. He did hurt. Didn't Camacho come times? out and say, I apologize. It was unprofessional for me to miss weight. Give my bonus. Please don't take away our bonus because I miss weight. Give it all to him. Yes. And I believe that Damon Brown got an extra check, but not the whole other 50000 of Camacho, which he didn't get anything because... He that's didn't deserve up. it. Yeah, yeah, that that was awfully nice. Um, but in the Kasim fight, we blew past that. Not that there was anything to talk about. That yeah, was... Alex Chambers is time to get on at here. Get out of here. Uh, Kasim. I don't. That's gonna be someone I'm bending Any... against later on. Yeah, with there's someone money with to be made. Yeah, there's money someone to be who made has takedowns. But I had Kasim decision, which was awesome. But oh my gosh, watching that fight, I might as well just have been in the octagon. It was a rough one. It was a rough one. There was some definitely uh, some fights that made you question your MMA sanity at times. Moving on, though, we had Nick Lentz defeating Ooh! Lesbo coming in. The Carney. You know how much money I've made off the Carney? Oh. It, Will Brooks was winning that fight until he shot on Nick Lentz, and Nick Lentz only beats people via guillotine. So, Will Brooks. I disagree. Fight I IQ. thought. I thought... This what I said about Wilberks going in. He shouldn't really be in the UFC. He hasn't performed since he's gotten here. And I thought Nick Lentz was winning the stand up as well. And that's why every all the people that had they have this the confirmation bias because everyone had Brooks everywhere. Yep, so they're everybody. like, oh well, he was winning before he gave out his neck. I don't think he was. I think he was losing the stand up too. And that's even more so of a reason that he should not be here. He should go back. Go back to where you came from. Time to get on out of here, Will Brooks. Get out of here. Get out. If yeah, Will, I think Nick Lentz is the epitome of a gatekeeper. Just keep your contract. You can't be Will uh, Nick Lentz on a three-fight losing streak in a heavy division. What else? Where do you go from here? Exact Bellator. To heavyweight <laughs> tournament. <laughs> go back. Go back. It's, you know what? And everyone keeps saying, is the UFC letting go of the fighters at the right time? Because when they go to Bellator, they don't seem to win over there. And then it's like, is Bellator letting him go at the right time, too? Because we haven't gotten too many. Everyone's like, Eddie Alvarez, he got the belt, and then that's it. But he got thrown to that fight. He got that fight pretty easily. I think he's lost everything around it. Moving on to the next (laughs) fight, we ended up having Ryan Benoit, or Benoit, defeat Ashkan Mokhtarian in the third round via TKO. It, actually, it was a flat KO. It was a head kick by Benoit. I also thought Mactarian was winning that fight up until that head kick, but Benoit tends to do that. Same in the Sergio Pettis fight as we were profiling here. Benoit can get outclassed and has power into the third round at that division where dudes tend to slow down. Mactarian also ran the entire time. Mactarian threw a couple shots and turned his hips, turned his shoulders, and would just run to the other side of the cage. Benoit's a scary guy to put on your cards going forward. Takes way too much damage. He was way he was in on every wobbly fight, in every fight, jello legs. In every fight, but he kept throwing that head kick nonstop and it kept landing and Noctarian wasn't putting his hand up. So definitely someone to I know a lot of people were off of Noctarian way before this, but even for me I gotta be like, Alright, you're you are getting up there in age and Benoit is scary. I think there's potential money audience. to be made betting against Benoit later on. I agree with that a hundred percent. Moving on, we had Volkanovski, the biggest favorite of the night, beating Shane Young in a three-round decision. If anything, you got to give uh, Young all due credit for being a two-week notice, beating a guy who's a real potential contender. A lot of spinning stuff, solid base, good wrestling all the way around. Volkanovski proved why he should have won that fight. I'm going to like to see Young. I could actually see Young with a full camp beating other guys in the UFC. So welcome to the UFC, sir. Volkanovski, keep doing what you're doing. 
nothing much more to say there. Moving on, we had Elias Thurdoa defeating Dan Kelly in a three-round decision. <clears throat> called the, uh, I said TKO, but uh, as we were saying as well with Thurdoa, he's willing to just win a decision every single one of his fights in his entire career, and he did that against Dan Ke- Kelly. Unfortunately, Dan Kelly... I think barely. I think barely against yeah. Dan Kelly. I think Elias Thurdoa has the ugliest style I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. inside of the octagon. He has the worst left that I have ever seen inside the octagon. <laughs> One eight, the women who fought on the prelim card uh-huh. had a better left than he. I don't know what the hell that left is. It almost is like he crouches down with his right leg. He extends his left leg and comes hugely over the top with this. It doesn't even look like. Is it real? Is it, at first I thought is he injured? I really asked you that during the fight. Do you think Elias is injured with that punch? No, it's just that bad. It's not that bad. He's point fighting. He's, it's like in boxing in the Olympics, they have the white <coughs> around the front of the glove, and if that white touches you, they get a point because that strike landed. Essentially, he's doing that where he's putting no weight there. He's just, ooh, touched you, touched you again, touched your legs. They're not damaging blows, but they win on the scorecards, and... I think the has, UFC is going to start to look to to be like, all right, Thurdoa, like... They're going to finish Thurdoa. He makes for a boring fight. What he did yeah. smart, though, is the little Twitter things that he put out. He made Dan Kelly go in there and headhunt the entire fight. It was a close enough fight that if Dan Kelly would have just had a little more output... But he just went in, walked toward him the whole time. He was so mad and wanted to knock him out so mad. That's Dan Kelly, though. He's just a grinder in there. had total ground control when he Mm -hmm. had it. Um, I think the whole entire second round, did he? 29-28, split to me, decision. It was close. It was a close fight. It was a close fight. And I just think Elias Therodot kind of ruins a fight, and I'm really... (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to watch the Spartan get KO'd. But he wins most of the time. So do you yeah. bet on him or against him? Against because he's him. not going to score against him tons of points. I'm what was watching, his DK? I'm only watching him. I think he was one of the higher. I, Dan Kelly was seven. He, no, no, no. He was I'm talking about scoring over the cards. night. I don't remember what he got, but I know he wasn't a card helper. I feel like him and Dan Kelly were like ten points away from each other. Yeah. Because Dan Kelly had takedowns. Yeah. So he got more. But I they weren't that far apart from each other. I didn't have Thurido on anything. What I will also say, Thurido going forward... He barely beat Dan Kelly. Barely. So where does he go going forward against monsters in the division? It's time for... It's like a step up and it's... He has to take the step up. He Unless he goes the Sam Alvey direction where he's just going to fight old guys. That's an option, but... You have nothing to prove Dan Kelly and you're not going to hold the belt any day soon. I just hope that you can... Keep your gym going. I think, I think his last card gym. was the Austral- another a different should, Australian or perfect, New Zealand card. It's a perfect time for him to retire and just step away. Even if it's with a loss, it sucks. But you're only going to get hurt out there, Dan Kelly. I don't think he got, took a ton of damage in this fight. Maybe on his front leg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got notoriously bad knees, though. I'm sure he's still oh. feeling it. Notoriously bad knees. He had ultra-mega tape and all that good stuff on there. But To me, Elias needs to go to a striking camp. That is what he needs to do. Striking uh-huh. camp. He needs to maybe follow Wonder Boy. Maybe go to Eddie Alvarez. Go to uh, Jim Miller. Go with those guys in New England, somewhere in Philly or north of there. Mm-hmm. He needs a boxing camp. 
I don't know. I, maybe you can only hate what you used to love. <laughs> and that's how I feel about the Spartan. I was such a huge fan of his coming into this. And even though he wins, his wins are... If I made somebody watch this, if he were my favorite fighter, and I said, you have to watch him fight, and I made you watch him in UFC, and this was your first chance you were giving to taste it, you wouldn't come back? I totally agree and he's had multiple of those fights and going forward with Elias he's on a couple fight winning streak Derek Brunson Lester Noah I'm liking this that's a good fight because that whole pressure I'm gonna keep you to the side Brunson's got the wrestling and the forward movement to make that a hairy fight or Mike Perry Mike Perry's got too many fights already lined up yeah that's a bigger name yeah and he's at 170 I just think Elias must be a decent Canada draw right pretty decent for Canada and Canada has the biggest fight fans in the world some of them we gotta get him a decent enough fight no more Dan Kellys it's it's now or never you gotta take a step up Bub outside of Canada and the United States being big fight fans I know the UK's got a couple out there uh, what up, UK? Give a holler out to our UK fans. Thank you very much for uh, listening. This week, we wanted to give a shout out to all of our UK fans and Ooh. our corn huskers. Oh, thank you very Those much. Our, Getting some good wrestling in out of that state. Yeah, little Nebraska fans. What up? So, moving on, though, we had a split, not a, a split decision between my, Jake Matthews and Bohan Velukovic. This was our, was he our underdog? He was our Leslie, uh, Leslie Smith. Smith. I thought he lost his fight. I thought Serbian Steele won that fight. It was 29-28. Could have went either way. Matthews still underperforms for me. And I thought he lost that fight. I know we did have a wager on Serbian Steele. So maybe that is skewing it a bit. But before uh, this fight, Jake Matthews had ended up being out for a year. Because he had his hips shaved down. It was a microscopic surgery at the age of 23 years old. And what I immediately thought, as soon as I heard what was going on, I'm no doctor here at LatB, but I know HGH, human growth hormone, makes uh, calcium deposits grow on the body, and that can deposit specifically in the elbows and eyebrows, and that's why you'll see a lot of guys with uh, thickening brows usually be on types of steroids. It's a common thing. It's that I magnon brow. So... With Jake Matthews being a monster and still looking huge at 170 pounds. He looks like... He, same build. Yeah. It, how did he even go up? To 155, yeah, right? crazy. Unreal, unreal. So, somebody that I still like Serbian Steel staying in. I think he can win a lot more fights in the UFC. And Jake Matthews is going to be maybe a potential fade. I'm just not seeing those that humongous growth. He's stayed the same fighter and I sure as shit don't like him in the 170 division I sure I, a power like puncher against as we've said before with Matthews who can tend to give a little bit in those areas will make Matthews rethink his lifelong decisions at some point in time moving on to the next fight we had Bullio Muhammad defeating Tim Means in a 29-28 split decision fight the bean your boy coming in on Muhammad saying it was going to be a 29-28 split decision because it was going to be a nasty grind. First round mean for sure, means for sure, and Leo Muhammad, I believe, ended up taking the second two rounds with his wrestling. I don't think it should have been a split. I think it should have, I think it was Bilal's fight. I think he won the last two I rounds I remember his me. name. Uh, especially <laughs> with the extreme height advantage and reach advantage of Tim Means, I figured out, but by the last two rounds, he figured out how to get inside. Yep. Um, the other thing 
I, you're so right on it. And if I had more time, I saw an interview like 45 minutes before the fight started and I should have changed everything right then. And Tim Means was pretty much just fighting for a paycheck and letting me know he was. And Interesting. He, I didn't he hear has that. all these legal uh, ramifications, or he actually is suing USADA because of how much money he lost for the year of falsely getting accused. Right. And he has like, I, you know, he lost 500000 in potential purse from not being able to fight. It's a lot of money. So he has a lawsuit against them, and he was fighting this fight because he still owes. Yeah. So from them taxes lawyers, and Them shit. lawyers. <laughs> so once I heard all that, I'm like, ooh. Uh, Muhammad's not the guy you just go and have a money fight, like think you're going to walk into the octagon and collect a check with. Right. Totally, totally agree. So, so. yeah, good pick on that for uh, sure. Uh, thank you, thank you. Moving on to the next And fight, I think then. Faye Dirty Bird from here. Yeah, if 100%. Once he's fighting for a check now, you're telling me now he's going to heavy train for the next fight? No. No, yep. it's not going to happen. That's that. Yep, yep. Belilo, as, as he's still growing. Put Dirty Bird against the Cowboy. That's your next oh, fight. Oh, that's a really that's a good that's fight. That's your next fight. But give them both six months. Oh, you can't give Dirty Bird because if he's fighting for a paycheck, he's got to fight like tomorrow. Give him four months. That's a long time for Cowboy. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> good that's point. A, that's like two years for Cowboy. <laughs> good point, good point. All right, so moving on, oh. we ended up having the co-main event of the evening, why we absolutely hate Beck Rawlings. You were so right. I kind of felt Talk like I into talked it. you into yep. Beck on air, and we, you were like, and, what the fuck? You fucking hate Beck, too. We both hate Beck. Beck. We don't put money on Beck. But it was Why a setup fight. I, I blame Rose, you. Clark Rose. You should have had a louder voice. <laughs> Clark Rose ended up missing weight as well by three or four pounds and ended up winning a three-round decision over Beck Rawlings. Beck Rawlings underperforms notoriously only because... She, I don't know why, because it just doesn't matter anymore. But Beck Rawlings is a constant fade. She ha should be a constant fade, but Rose... She's in the oh. exact same category oh. everywhere around as Dan Kelly. You save her for your Australian guard to put asses in the seat, and don't make me watch them again. And with this breakdown we're going to end up having later, there's going to be kind of this same situation with Beck, so... We need to keep that in mind and have this played out because it is such a still blossoming division. Well, There's but still Jesse tons Rose of Clark people. just signed her next fight already. Who was it with? PVZ? PVZ. Because PVZ ain't taking no hard fights in the UFC, just saying that out loud. What do you think Jesse Rose Clark PVZ right now? I think that PVZ can beat her with pace and pressure, not skill, not because if there is anything to be said for PVZ, she went five rounds and got the living shit kicked out of her four rounds with Thug Rose. And she never stopped moving. And even in the fights she's won and lost, she doesn't stop. And Rose has such a weak-ass gas tank and no output that PVZ can win on just volume. Just I volume. Also, and Rose had no power either. PVZ, if you told me alpha male PVZ that we saw, you know, right. last year, maybe I'd have Jesse Rose Clark. You're telling me PVZ fighting at 125 with Chell Sonnen? I'm interested in that PVZ. I'm interested. I love this. I love the whole thing. And because he has such a different take on the media than a lot of other fighters, I'm interested in to see where she goes from this. Is he going to let her still play this cookie cutter like, I'm I mean, just really glad to be here to fight? Or is Chael going to turn it up a little bit? Let her turn the volume up. I think it'll be the wrestling 101 where you just accentuate your own personality a few times. So she's just going to be 
extra wholesome in Dancing with the Stars, but UFC and everybody, she's not just picking and not picking fights, even though she's trying to, but PBZ str strategically looking for fights that she can win. She's not calling out top bit. Shevchenko said, yeah, let's fight PBZ. PBZ, shut the fuck up. I just saw a little cricket. Yeah, nothing. Not a nothing, and all of a sudden she's Do you think like, Chael has something to do with watching these fights and saying, that's your girl? That's the one you fight, PBZ. That's your fight. You beat her all day. I don't know if it's Chael necessarily, because I know that PBZ is also going to the lab in Portland, which has been a little mecca of training up in North Portland up there. I know that there's a lot of professionals in and around the region that I go there and it's exclusive and PVC has a name enough to go there and they'll get her better and those guys have been performing all of them are contenders right now I think I got PVC against Jesse Rose Clark right now yeah I'd agree with that too moving on to the main event we had Verbizio Berdoom defeating Marcin Tabura in a five round decision god I can't believe this went all five rounds Verbizio Verdum is on the way out to me uh even I though agree. he can beat people like Tabura, he's not going to beat the champ anytime soon. He still keeps his chin way too high up. And against somebody with a gas tank and good striking, that he's going to get I have to say, though, Tabura to go five rounds with Verdum at this age, I think he's potentially one to watch. He did not get submitted by Fabricio, and there was a couple opportunities there. Yeah. So that alone to me, Tabura, maybe not in the next year, but in the next two potentially hella dangerous guy and i think there's good money to be made on tabura at this point going forward other people are just going to see that loss on his record and have him you know might go against right. him he did gain a shit ton of cage experience in there against a contender in verdum but just we know what we're getting with him and again that chin was stinky high multiple times where an overeem somebody else again is going to exploit that much better and there's money to be made all the way around on that, but I don't think anybody saw that going all five rounds. No. And the second it made it out of the second, it Everybody kind of, was like, dun, dun, dun. I had my dun, worst night curse. on DraftKings that I've had in a long time from MMA, and it was that fight getting... Yeah! But it was that fight going out of the second round that really hurt my cards. The second that I wasn't going to get the win... The finish? The finish... Uh -huh. points uh -huh. it was over it was over it was over so that sound of the crowd lets me know that we should work our way right into fight night shanghai right into our breakdown you don't got anything that's been going on in the twin verse that we want to get into or any other fight announcements what is going there's on? been a couple signings about here pbz bellator's um, grand heavyweight pre up uh, the grand heavyweight of bellator is interesting that has roy mcdonald Saying, oh, could I join? <laughs> if he joins, yes! I would pick yes! him to win. That's what everybody's saying. Yes, thank you very much. I'm. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. There's also uh, Rampage, who is a heavyweight, but there's King Mola Law. There's the current 205 Ryan Bader in the tournament. So it's not just heavyweights. It's like Bader, an absolute... Mo. Mitrion, Mitrion, Fedor, Fedor, Chael. Chael, the way It's fucking nuts. Um, I love that's it. That's five. We have one more we're missing. A couple more in there. It's Rampage. an eight-man tournament. Yeah, Rampage. Rampage. And I think two other ones that are... Either way... It's, it, the, it's, it's fun. It's It's fun. It is really... And the, the, they get the heavyweight crown, but from, from what I've been hearing... 
uh, Chael Sonnen and I feel like Ryan Bader didn't even find out that they were in the tournament till the promotion dropped, till the commercial hit. And they're like, welcome to our tournament for the heavyweight championship. And they're like, oh, I guess I'm in it. Okay. Did you see Chael's first fight is against Rampage? I did not. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. He didn't know about that himself. Chael Sonnen and well, he's Well, they had the four legit. people. There are eight people in the tournament, and mm. I don't know if it was random draw. It wasn't. Scott Coker's too smart. He did the fucking Japanese. He does the Japanese. If you want to see Coker's thing, go watch Old Pride. He sets it up. He's like, okay, we're matching these fights. But what Coker does that other people don't do, all of them are going to get fucking paid. If the fucking viewership comes in, their paychecks will all go up. That's why none of these guys are complaining. None of them, you haven't heard one be like, oh shit, they're like, whoa. They said I was in it. They, they already cut me a couple checks. Let's do this cool. thing. Yeah, cool. exactly. I, I am mad about that at all. So it more that it has an absolute feel to it in the open weight kind of division. I feel like there's also a couple other guys that have asked to be in the tournament as well that have been lighter weight guys. Big Country's in this bad boy as well. That's who we were forgetting. Oh, yeah, Roy Nelson. So with Bellator... And as one more. Yeah, there's one more. With Bellator and the way that they're innovate, not innovating, but going back to traditional systems and stuff, we think of them and I think they're really producing the number two organization for mixed martial arts at the highest level and really doing the promotion right it's ufc and then it's a far bellator but then bellator still has a big gap between them and most of the other competition but with bellator what ended up just going on over the weekend was did you see the fighters having to warm up in the grass with cardboard boxes <laughs> no that was going around it was two young fighters that needed to warm up and supposedly they got cardboard boxes like, hey, I've been a b-boy before. So you give me some cardboard, I'm like, what What do you want me to do? Some head spins up in this bitch? Hey, what? <laughs> like, I ain't warming up. I ain't warming up. You got to get me a facility, something, a room with mats in it, or just mats even on outside on the grass. But cardboard boxes? Yeah, come, come on, on. Bellator. Come on. Scott Coker usually is good about going on shows and talking about this kind of stuff. And I haven't heard it as of yet. It might be going on right now with a couple interview shows going on. But I feel like Scott Coker will come out and somehow Scott rectify it. Scott Coker has the personality of a robot. I agree, but he knows how to make money. Oh my gosh, okay. This is breaking. The Grand Prix. This is a big deal for me because I've never gotten to see this person fight since I've been watching UFC. New rumor, Stipe versus Kane in the works for UFC 220. Oh shit, that's a fun that's fight. That's the fight. That's the fight. Not that's the fight everyone's wanted. No, for UFC 220. Main event. When is that? I don't know yet. I, don't, I didn't even know 220 was... That is huge. In the works, yeah. That's everything. Kane... Kane, off of how many? Ooh, he's had a lot of surgeries and he has not he's looked He's had good. as long of a layoff as GSP. Yeah, but his reasons are different than GSP. G GSP didn't leave due to injury. GSP left because he needs personal issues. He Kane was can't not buy. impressed. <laughs> so, that's a big deal, that fight right there. Hell yeah, that's a big deal. That's a really interesting fight. Does Kane deserve it, though? I feel like he's off of a, like a two-fight losing streak. Does he get to deserve a direct title shot? I I think I said this on the last show. I think they're kind of protecting Stipe. He must be a good draw from Ohio for yes. them. 
it's like that good like give the the proud American the flag and I mean I love Stipe he potentially could be the best heavyweight of all time if he keeps the belt but I feel like the way he gets in the talks of being the best heavyweight all time you have to be Kane I 100% agree with that 100% and the interesting thing with the failing fighter that Verdum is is he's beat all those guys he's beat like he's even though he's not going to be a potential or he he has kind of a shot but I don't think he's going to get the belt anytime soon he has beat Kane JDS Fatal everyone you can think of Verdum's beat he's also lost to them as well so it's just been he's been at it forever forever the division is it's mixing up little by little they're adding heavyweights there's there Taisuva Taisuva just kind of in there he looked good that's what, exactly who his name. With him coming up, yep. Tatsuva, uh, Naganu. Uh, I, it's interesting to me. The division's starting to look good again because it was looking... I, I mean, the Bellator tournament we were just talking about, essentially that's what we were working with for the last few years <laughs> in our heavyweight division. So it's kind of nice that there's these new fresh guys coming up that are interesting. And out there, um, give us a shout-out on Twitter. Email us at lesbointhebean at gmail. Is it Naganu or Gano? I've heard it pronounced both ways. We say Naganu over because here. Our France contingent. Yeah. Fill us in. Are, are, fill yeah, us in. Are we, are we uh, speaking with the Queen's English properly or are we the assholes that are saying it wrong? I'll so, try to adjust. I won't try to be a Yeah, I'll go with Gano. Let yeah. me know. I wanna, <laughs> he's one of my favorites. And if we've been saying it wrong the whole time, that's shitty. Um, the other one that uh, you are so right about, um, you. The more I just see the way it's setting up, you're so right about it. Um, Justin Gaethje with Eddie Alvarez. And what a violent walkthrough for... Because Eddie style against Justin's is bad news bears. Exactly for, for Eddie. Eddie. Exactly. So then Justin, he just put out a quote that says, uh, looking to finish Eddie Alvarez violently at UFC 218 to get the title mix. When I'm done, I'm going to be known as one of the most violent motherfuckers in the sport. I love it, but con- stylistically for Connor, it's the perfect matchup as well. And it's going to be a clear shot to the top. And you heard it here first. You did say it first. All props if that's the fight that he gets. Because I listed three that I thought would be way bigger than that one. But maybe he could set itself up. Connor's going to ask for that. And he's already said his name. And he will say it again. In this world of people not saying names, apparently, DRT would be like, I ain't even going to say his name. He's a disgrace to the sport. He's a disgrace. Talk about Colby Covington. Been hot news for the last little bitskies. And you said something, too, last night that nobody else is talking about, and I think it deserves to be said, especially because we were talking about Ric Flair and everything with the 30 for 30 and that. Colby Covington is playing the perfect heel, and what does the perfect heel do? Call the cops. Call the cops. Do a lawsuit. You make him fucking he's stay, hate you. He's sticking with his character. He's trying to make... It's it's part of the shtick. Yep. And I think it's brilliant that no one's saying anything about it. It is part of the shtick. He knows exactly what he's doing. And that's why. And apparently T-Wood was also saying that he met Kobe a few years ago and Kobe wanted to be his media guy. So Kobe's had other people be like... Apparently Kobe's other love was production and media but he's doing it right and more so and he's the top thing we're all talking, talking about, about colby covington in, re- in reality still. 
he's probably in reality if it wasn't for the UFC cockamamie Mamie ranking systems he's probably like the 18th ranked guy that we should not be talking about no, Colby Covington. Just be, he just beat Maya, who was a third. So that has a but lot. But that's fucking, that's kind of bullshit, because Maya was third still off a loss. It's just the UFC rankings are a little bogus. Maya's a yeah. big name in the sport. Everybody He did get the three to, to watch two, not just Jorge Masvidal, but mm-hmm. then Tyron Woodley, and take both of that to beat him. He had, like, a blueprint laid out, um, but I just... Still don't think Colby would be in the top ten. In reality, he shouldn't be in the conversation that I'm like, yeah, I do want T. Woods to fight him. I do want that to happen. <laughs> Where that he shouldn't be in the talks of it it's if I wanted to have tactic. Oops. It's a proven tactic. Sorry about that noise. <laughs> that has worked multiple times for other people in the wrestling world and even in UFC. Guess what? Colby Covington has known Chael Sonnen since they were eleven since he was eleven years old. Chael knew of Colby and would talk to his dad and stuff in the Oregon wrestling scene that I grew up in as well. And it's a close-knit scene. You talk to people, especially when you know people like Chael. I knew him while he was in his fighting career because he coached at the high school across the way from us. And it's, uh, don't think that Chael isn't talking to Colby right now about like, you're playing it perfectly. Either playing it perfectly or not, but also giving him advice. And Colby, Colby is smart enough to understand it and taking it. And it is good for him. His paycheck is going to go up. His sponsorship is going to go up. As soon as these deals are off, everything's going to go up. And what do you de- think about the Brazilian being filthy animals and it's fascism for him not to be able to say it? And him to, Anytime you equate anything to Hitler, you automatically lose the conversation, right? <laughs> Isn't I know, that a but, conversation? You know, then with everything coming out about the CIA and FBI files about Hitler being alive in Argentina in 1955, uh, should it be that way? Oh, shit. Conspiracy theory. Should it be theory. that way? It's conspiracy theory. <laughs> I know. Santiago sh- Ponzinibbio was trained by Adolf Hitler. That's horrible. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. That's oh. just a theory. That's just a theory. <laughs> oh, I don't have anything to say about that. I guess we can roll into fight what? night. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to end on Hitler. I don't want to end on Hitler. Quick, did you see, though, just with the MMA in a whole, as uh, some of the contracts that are about to be up, uh, we got Reebok coming up in a year or two being done, and the network agreement that we've talked about that hey amazon's looking for and ufc what they did is they just said we're looking for one year 450 million dollars for the one-year contract to license to have ufc on your platform going up threefold for multi-year deals with that they have with fox which is like 130 million for like a two three-year deal right now it sounds pretty outrageous most people are just like what the hell are they doing they're out um bidding themselves they're no one's gonna bond them they're gonna lose all their contracts they have a big enough platform with fight pass that i think that they can get all of that revenue to themselves and they kind of realizing that and what ufc did before they sold for 4.2 billion they said we got people offering us 4.2 billion there had been no talks prior to that but because they said it it went through the roof. Their stock went through the roof because all of a sudden, someone who doesn't know anything hears that and they don't care. My dad always told me this about collecting for like stamp collectors and coin collectors and baseball card collectors. And you would read those books and it'd be like, whoa, that stamp's worth 
$300,000. And my dad would always remind me, it's only worth what someone will pay for it. Yep. So if you build the interest in the opposite way, um, all of a sudden it's worth that much. Exactly. Like who's setting the value? And UFC that's what they're doing. Value. That's, they're setting their own net value. They did it with the $4.2 billion. They set that. And you can look that up. The actual talks were like $1 billion. I, listen, and they added I gotta give it. Um, hey, at Netflix, you can hit us up. We would love, I, not only would you, you can add a dollar. be great to take over, we would be perfect for your platform. Oh, big, ooh, with a nice little studio, and then we'll bring at you the fight talk and uh, I'm live I'm saying streaming. it right here. We will be so much better than a Snoop cast. I would agree with that a million percent. <laughs> like, million, come on. Percent. And I would love Netflix to get it. I think their platform runs the cleanest. It's on every smart TV without any kind of F up. It's on um, the Apple TV. It's both platforms, Windows and PC. Netflix is everywhere. They run it the cleanest. They have the most content. And I want UFC on Netflix. I... Fuck FS1. You, I have cable. It, Begrudgingly, usually I'm a cable cutter person. It came with my internet, which I think anything they try to give you for free, the new cable box is like a flu shot. Why do you want this in my house so bad? Mm -hmm. Trying to give it to me for free. That being said, I can't find FS1 anywhere. Or if it is, it's always on the third tier package yep. up. You can never get it. Yep, yep. So yep. then I, you, you're forcing me to illegally stream this. You're forcing my hand to Cody box this. See what you made me do. See what you made me do. <laughs> I tried to find it, so put that on Netflix. So, with the underdog, I would say, though, that I think a backdoor that not a lot of people are seeing is UFC might over be, be overpricing themselves to just say, okay, we're going to just put it all on Fight Pass. I'm okay with that, too. And I think that that's an underdog that I'm okay with, and I'm like, yes, UFC, just take it all, do it certain times, just do your own platform. You will have people watch everything and they're doing a good job of it as well and guess what ufc you're also welcome to support lat b and have us it's getting a little cleaner yeah the ufc we could be pass. one of your upstarts for one of your meetings streaming I, services well, i'll talk matt sierra and jim norton all day they can be on and their show the last thing it should be called is unfiltered because they got a big old dana white filter before everything they say the this last thing it should be called is unfiltered that is a bit scary, UFC though. Filter. That would we have to sell out in order to work for the UFC? I'm only to sell out for a little bit to get the lap B, uh, mm. Mi Familia a little bigger. That familia. is a good point. Get it bigger and then blow up. Take over Fighter and the Kid. Arm wrestle Brennan Job. Be the champion. I like your goals. I like where you're going. That's very achievable. Job. That's actually a really good goal. You heard that, B Shop? We coming for you. Lap B's training. Training it up, break my wrist, big old. That's a win-win for me. <laughs> Speaking about breaks, I think it is time though that we get into the break down. Breaking it up, UFC Shanghai. This is definitely gonna be on Fight Pass all morning long. This is gonna be 4 a.m. on the Pacific Coast and 7 a.m. on the East Coast. We have. A Saturday morning delight with your breakfast. You're gonna get a full side of 
dick kicks and cunt puns. Ooh, I don't even know. This is a weird early card. You're definitely going to see stuff that you don't see in a lot of other stuff. We're going to have our notorious double debut coming in. And anytime we have one of those nights, it's just, or mornings, you're going to see some shit happen. Hopefully we don't have another weekend like we just had in, uh, there's some a couple more finishes. This starts at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m.? East Coast time. East Coast, it's like 6, 6 a.m., 6 or 7 a.m., somewhere That's the between That's the main card. Oh, so it starts, yeah, like 4 a.m. 4 a.m., what are you making me do, UFC? What are you making me do? That's crazy. That's crazy, but I guess this is the card. So if this is the card that you bring up to your spouse later on when they are like, you watch the cards every time they're on, and you're like, no, I didn't watch UFC Shanghai, and that had Michael Bisping on it. And she's like, what? I don't remember that fight. 3 a.m., she won't look up the time. <laughs> She'll just be like, oh, that was a Saturday card, and you hung out with me instead of watch Michael Bisping. <laughs> so this is the first time the UFC is also going to mainland China. So that's also why the time differential is going to go. They're going to end up having... The interesting thing that I want to know is that... Is the main event going to be on at 10 in China? Or are they going to do a weird-ass midday card as well? Where it starts at like 1 p.m. over there. And how that does affect fighters. That kind of travel. I feel like we saw it over this last weekend in Australia. Every single... Well, all the people that miss weight other than Benoit were local fighters. So it wasn't the travel... <laughs> but with Shanghai, we have a 13-card bout, 12-card bout. We already have our DK lines up. They ended up just falling in. And one of the fights that was put on the very last second, we have Cyril Asker at heavyweight versus debuting Yao Zeng Hu. Cyril has multiple fights in the UFC, coming in with a two and one record in the UFC against the debuting three and O. Who? Yao Zong Hu, the <laughs> bad boy, number 13 heavyweight out of China. So the taller fighter here is going to be the same at 6'2 for both guys. With the debut fighter, we're not going to have much for Hu, but the age I do believe goes to Asker at 31. I think no, who I believe is in his early 20s. What I did end up catching a bit about who was he's fighting O&O fighters. Who, 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 who? O&O fighters. What is his nickname? Baby boy. What ba is bad boy. Oh, damn. Bad boy. <laughs> you make me feel so good. You know you make Come me feel so good. Play. You know you make me feel so good. Woo, woo. Damn, was that uh. nice? Uh, Get uh. on with Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, with these heavyweights, I mean, uh, somebody who with Asker has ended up being eight and three in his mixed martial arts career. Coming out of France, Asker has been traveling more and training, and he has way more experience. The short notice for who it, this is just a fighter who's looking to get in. To the fight. There's not too many heavyweights in China, by the way. It's just the guys that are in heavyweight are usually obese. Yeah. <laughs> They're not muscular. Guys, not to say that Asker by any means is super muscular because he's not. But Asker's also 240. He weighs in at 245. So he's comfortably under that heavyweight limit where he throws a lot of head kicks, a lot of... Uh, sneaky punches and kicks in there. I have Asker actually rocking... 
the debut fighter and finishing him via submission in the second round. I could move that to the first round. I think Asker is a play just because of the short notice and the lack of experience for who. I think who's not going to stick around, but they needed China fighters, and we're going to see this a couple more times tonight, so get ready. What do you think goes on here? I'm going to stay away from this fight. I do have Asker right now, KO round three. I'm just, every time these big guys have short notice fights like this, they always are too tentative going in, and they're un, they're, they're decisions when they never should be. That's what I keep watching happen over and over again. Um, they're just a little too tentative. The other thing, don't give a shit about Asker. Don't know if he's necessarily UFC quality. I'm pretty sure everyone in China doesn't have to be under USADA rules. Maybe this big ass motherfucker is going to come out and knock him the F out. I don't know. I don't know what the UFC's plan is here. This guy probably shouldn't even be fighting in the UFC, but should Asker? That's the question. Maybe you should ask her yourself. <laughs> Do we so have... I'm going to stay away from this. I have asked her KO round three I... right now only because of experience. Tried and true. Lat B play. Staying away from the first fight of the night. Ends up tend to doing well. And yeah, it, that's a notorious rule that's worked out pretty well. Even though I'll speckle sometimes some Asker in there. I'm just going to say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but do we have the DK lines up for this uh, fight, by the way? Uh, First fight of the night. Looking for it. Okay, Asker is 9-2. And who is 7? Uh, not too much value. How, uh, how many people are over 9,000? This Is there a couple... Uh, because nine thousand above nine thousand, he's got to get a finish in the first One, round two, to pay off. Three, so. four guys over nine thousand, nine oh. and above. Okay, so yeah, it's gonna be you're gonna have to pick some dogs, but luckily we have some dogs for the. Yeah, night. I don't think Asker's the one. I agree. Over agreed. nine that you. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely, especially with what we've been seeing with decisions in the heavyweight dis division. Moving on to the next fight, we have a featherweight bout, one hundred forty-five pounds. Rolando Dai, or D, I still don't know how to pronounce it, coming out of the Philippines versus debuting Wuji Buren. Wuji is 10 and 4, debuting out of China. I don't know his proverb, but um, he is the older fighter by a year to die. Also, being even in height, we don't have the reach dimensions for Buren. But Dai has a 79 and a half inch reach. I think they're probably going to be pretty the same. I don't think Chinese guys tend to have the longest arms. Sorry. Sorry. I know. Is that racist? <laughs> Is it? I just don't think I've ever seen a Chinese guy with maybe the leech, actually. He's got some pretty long ass arms. So, what's the debut for? He is. We're going to end up Good seeing one. him later tonight. So, Buren ended up watching a couple of his fights. He's definitely got okay striking the wrestling in between isn't that good he has okay reversals it's just that this china scene and he has international experience but it's still not ufc caliber d doesn't have too much ufc experience coming out and losing his two fights in the ufc and being six and eight and six in his career to the 10 and four buren I don't like this fight all the way around. I think both of these guys aren't necessarily UFC caliber. If I have to pick a winner, I'm going to go with D Decision just because he's had the experience in the cage. Buren hasn't been tested, and I don't think D is a test for many, many people. Ishihara clearly out-wrestled him, and Buren doesn't have that type of wrestling. He tends to be more of a striker. D striking doesn't stick out to me all that much. It's a decision. D 
What do you think goes on in this? It's a stay away for me. It's a stay away all day. I do have beer indecision only because his body and some tape that I've seen. I'm not accusing anyone. It just looked a little stacked to me. He looked a little built. That makes me nervous for D going into this because he's never done anything really impressive. Uh, so if some juiced up random number 28 guy in China, I don't know, maybe every guy in China can beat D as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so I'm just going to stay away from this all day. I got beer indecision right now only because of physique. Nothing because I've seen from either of the guys is making me... Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like this is more of a card tonight to just profile being in China instead of... Real, real talent. There is some talent coming out of there. Look up the DraftKings right now and see what we got yeah. on. I would think it's a pretty even fight. The betting odds are actually slight favorite at minus 185D over the plus 150 underdog Buren. So, Lesbo coming in with the first underdog of the night. 7-5 for Buren. And D is 8-7. Too much. Never put D for 8-7. Um, Buren might be a play surely on his physicality because he, he has been rocked in fights as well. And he has had a couple Russian fights in there that he's been able out to out decision just by holding on to a body lock. But yeah, no value in D at all right there. I don't see the finish coming for Agreed. him at all. Moving on to the next fight, we have a bantamweight bout, 135 pounds. For the ladies, we have Gina Manzani versus debuting Yana Wu. Wu being the 8-1 fighter fighting out of China is fighting the 4-1 Manzani coming out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Team Couture. The younger fighter is going to be Wu at 21 years old to Menzani's 29. Don't have, or the height for Wu is also 5'9 compared to 5'6 uh, of Manzani. Manzani has really, really underperformed for me. She's only had, she was on the show and ended up losing to Juliana Pena and getting out of that tournament immediately, but she was handedly beaten by a ground specialist, which isn't too, too bad, but she looked like a, Bear was playing with a ragdoll in there. Then she ended up knocking out Kate Haley, who is a 2-1 fighter out of nowhere, then getting another shot in the UFC immediately to Sarah McMahon, where Sarah McMahon is where I thought Sarah McMahon had come back. I thought I, I thought was she like... was about to be on her yep, run from this. Yes, from coming out. So is that McMahon being that much better or Manzani being that bad? Manzani just being a woman who has experience and has been willing to fight women and can pull off finishes she can beat people but very slow rudimentary striking on the ground is lost at times but coming out of vegas which does have a good camp especially with the ufc opening up their main gym and stuff there she could have potential for getting better fight experience and exposure compared to woo but woo being eight and one is actually a wushu child prodigy she's been fighting in kung fu and wushu for many 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 years lifelong martial artists she has a very uh karate style of fighting and actual power with her size she beats a lot of the women at 5'9 it doesn't matter what weight class she's in but 135 she's not cutting too much weight she's also lo longer and lengthy kind of like a rose um a bit different 
but still that length is there and she knows how to keep people away she can hurt you with spinning attacks she doesn't have the tons of tons of power but she'll hurt you with the body shot to a head punch and finish it with a kick and put you out and i think manzani with a travel She's only foreign. Oh, she's only fought in the States. She ain't never been to China in her life. This is going to be an experience all the way around. I think all that adds up. And I think Benzani lets us down. I have the underdog here. I think the Chinese fighter is going to make waves. There's going to be other people that can beat her. But not Manzani. Not this one. Not today. Got Wu for the underdog decision. Maybe even a TKO at the, in the later rounds once Manzani fully gasses. What do you think goes on in this fight? I'm going the other way only because Sarah McMahon's loss record is more than all the combined total record of every woman that Wu's ever fought. So, also <laughs> bad talent. So yeah. I'm just going to go with Manzani purely on UFC experience. Um, not because it's any of the pressure under the lights. I, in China, I imagine that any of their local events have more people there than any UFC events do in the States anyway. So, um, I'm really just going with experience. I gotta hope Extreme Couture is not throwing Mazzani in there. It's been a long time since her last fight. Uh, I'm not gonna have her anywhere. It's like pretty much so far of the night I haven't found any of these people that I feel confident about putting on a card. Um, let's look up and see what they're... The DK lines. And you were making a great point. This is mainland China and these are mainland China natives. Who do you think the crowd cheers for? It ain't gonna be Manzani. It's gonna. So even if the punches don't land, Wu she does have a better outcome. Wu is seven eight, and Manzani is Woo! eight four. I got somebody on my DraftKings card right away, I, because uh, I have seen Wu as well be able to put up output. She does slow down, but she puts in a hell of a pace prior to really slowing down. Where Manzani plots forward. She does Dan Kelly esque at times. I'm gonna stick with Mazzani decision, Woo-woo. but I will probably stay away from this fight all around. Yeah, I don't see value in either women. Uh, moving on to the next fight, we're getting back into the heavyweight division. We have two foreigners coming in: Chase Sherman versus Shamil Abdurahimov. And Chase Sherman, the Vanilla Gorilla, has definitely exploded with an 11 and three record in the UFC. Uh, former football player. Uh, new to the sport but when you're a big guy and athletic you seem to go far in this specific division and he's been able to do that with some lackluster performances he came in to the ufc now on a four fights that he's had now and he got pieced apart by walt harris walt harris and justin ledette justin ledette is much more credible title contender for me but walt harris ended up tko in chase sherman and then chase sherman has been on a two-fight streak since then against Rashad Coulter, who we just saw get demolished, and Damian Grabowski. And I think Grabowski doesn't deserve to be in the UFC for me personally, and that ended up going to a decision. So we have the 17-4 fighter coming in from Russia, the 36-year-old to the 28-year-old Sherman. The taller fighter is going to be Sherman, and 2-inch reach advantage at 78 inches is also going to go for Sherman. The Russian fighter being 17-4 and four, has had multiple fights as well in the UFC. We know what we're getting them. They have a shared fight in Walt Harris where Abdurahimov actually beat Harris in a decision split and has lost his last loss coming up to Derek Lewis in a TKO ground and pound 11 months ago. So Abdurahimov is also 
beaten Anthony Hamilton in a decision and was able to really out-wrestle him. This, to me, is a stylistic striker versus grappler. I remember that. A year and eight months ago, that was the last time we ever debated about Anthony Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that fight. Yeah. So, um, as I was saying with the striker versus wrestler, Abdurahimov has also very serviceable striking, but it's that Russian overhand right looping punches that usually sets up your takedowns, and then they're willing to stay on top of you, grind and pound you to a finish. Uh, better gas tank, I think, for Abdurahimov. I do think that Sherman has stepped up his entire game and has been better than what he was, but I think that the avenues are for him to win a point fight because Sherman has rarely hurt any of the fighters that I've really seen him in there with, and some of them haven't had the best chins in the world. Sherman beats you by a thousand cuts. I don't see Abdurahimov being that Chinny, he puts up fights, but I just think that this is going to end up being a ground, uh, ground and pound. Not a finish. I actually see the heavyweight curse coming in and decisioning this boring-ass fight because Sherman can't get up. It's happened before to him in fights. And this is kind of a... The thing with heavyweights is it could be out for either one of them in the first round. Yeah. So to have either one of them could pay off, or you could get a Woozer Nick versus... Hamilton, where they get 34 and 40 points, and it fucks every one of your cards because you your Nick should have knocked his ass out. So Way earlier. Yeah, this is this is a scary fight for me. I'm going to try to stay away from it or sprinkle more so who I think could have the finish. Abdurahimov, decision for me. I He has more avenues to finish than Sherman in Abdurahimov is 8-2 right now on DraftKings, and Sherman is 8. Okay, that's pretty close. And the favorite right now is Abdurahimov by minus 160 to the 125 plus Sherman. And I think also with the travel, who does it affect more? The Russian coming right down or Sherman going across the world? Just something to pay attention to because I do think that that jet lagginess and the culture shock is going to affect it. Like this is, people don't say, ooh, China was beautiful. I'm sorry, China. I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. Sorry, China. I also have Abdurahimov. I like Chase Sherman, and this could be the fight where I eat my words and we see this young man come into his own. The downfall for me here with Chase Sherman, I've never seen Jackson Winks camp do anything good with heavyweights. There isn't one that comes out of there. So if I see a bunch of trash heavyweights come out, this guy's training partners, even if he's the best of all them, is not great. We know Russians, how they come out. And another thing we're saying, we don't know how China tests. We know Sada's not in there. If a Russian fighter has the opportunity to come down dirty, you about to see someone get killed. I really like Jay Sherman. I like how he's putting his foot out there. He's one of the guys that's picking up steam like a Colby Covington on Twitter. Not like a Colby Covington in the style that he's doing it, but just getting his name out a there. A solid fan base. I yeah. like Chase Sherman. I want to jump on the Chase Sherman bandwagon. This is a great test for him to do that. If I think this is a good style that even if he loses, it will show the holes in his ground that he needs to pick up on so he can be one of these heavyweights that's a contender. This is the wrestling fight that shows where the holes are in his 
all stand very up. valid points, and I or think that's a ground defense. Yeah, it's a good way to so view it. I, I like Abdur Vahimov on this. Um, I don't think it is going to be worth points. No one's knocking out anyone else. I see it like exactly like you're saying, a slow grinding point fight, wrestling point fight. Maybe right. maybe some reversals, but a lot of up against the fence. I even think yeah. it could get so boring that we see a lot of separations by the ref. A hundred percent. Both of these fighters do gas a little bit, and with the Winkle John, I think you just validated my point more so with Sherman that he. Was I saying that he point fights as well? But Jackson Winklejohn, notoriously point fighters. Holly Holm. No, yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah it, totally. We see you it. did say that. And the good thing with Jackson Wink, they do do that. That's what they do. So ex- you expect to see that kind of a game plan coming out. Moving on to the next fight. We're going to the Bantamweight Division with a, a d- 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 double debut. Double debut. Double debut. For Bakrat Kadrik. Kader, Kader. I saw it earlier. I listened to it. Kader, the announcers for his fights, a billion strong. You need to practice a billion hours, homies. I know that you're going into English. Maybe you stick more with your language because it was rough commentary, but they also had a very limited base of fighters to work with there. With the other debuting fighter, Yadong Song. I'm gonna like this fighter. I'm just telling yeah, you right dong, now. Yeah, dong, 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 Yeah, dong song. Yeah, dong song. Yeah, yeah dong 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 song. like a truck. <laughs> Give me that song, song, song. So. Yeah, dong song. <laughs> song, 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 song. Song coming in at a ten and four record to Kandar's five and two record. Kamdar coming out of India, being 28 years old, to the 19-year-old Chinese fighter. Chinese fighter having a 10-4 record at 19. How come I got a feeling he's been doing it since he was 13? Because China tends to do that in gymnastics and all their Maybe sports. Maybe even a lot younger. Yeah, right? So, two fighters that know what they're getting into. I'd say Song, I believe, is also a lifelong martial artist. I don't know the specific tradition that he's in, but... He does have a good pace, tends to be a standing striker, has more of a Muay Thai style to him, and can fight the takedown. But again, the quality of takedowns that he's getting up against are is very low quality, and that's not going to change in this fight. Kader tends to be the wrestler, very looping in his overhand punches, very straightforward in his punches, plotting forward. They do have power, and he's very muscle-bound of a fighter. And he more sets up his overhand right like Russians do where he throws all of his weight into it to grab the body lock and throw him to the ground. He didn't take him down. He throws him to the ground as the announcers were quoting in his fights. Uh, He could pick you up and toss you around to the ground many times over in a fight. (laughs) (laughs) And it is a good explanation because he uses very limited technique with his takedowns or his uh, returns to the mat. He muscles up, and that's why he gasses incredibly bad after his first round. You can see it after his first couple takedowns. If dudes start to stand back up on Kader, he doesn't stop them, really. He has really good way to get to your hips, and once he's there, he can get you there. But he can't necessarily hold you down, and only has he been able to keep people off of their backs and or on their backs and be on top of them because the quality wasn't there. They were on the ground. They were doing obvious mistakes the gas tank for his opponents were also very low it's just where he's fighting out of i think that he has a lot of potential but he needs to get out of india and definitely see a lot more exposure song again being more of that 
striker, he has serviceable takedown defense. A lot of the fighters he's fighting up against as well are a few of the Russian European scene guys, so it hasn't been all China fighters, and not all of them. Uh, he has a couple losses, and they're in grinding decisions with fighters that I would say were higher caliber than what Kader is. I think the decision goes the song. I think he could keep it standing for all three rounds and end up potentially even finishing this later in the rounds. Kadar, I just think that it's too rudimentary of a game plan that he's going to come in with. And if he doesn't finish it in the first round, I got song all day on this. Decision for, I don't know what the lines are for these guys, but... Song's 8-6 right now. Okay, on DK. And uh, Kadar is 7-6. And you have to be careful on DraftKings because there's Song Yadong and he's 8-6, but then there's also Song Kinan versus Nash, and that's a different fight. So there's two songs going on so on this fight card. On the betting lines as well, Song It's like when you're Yadong. fighting in Brazil with Silva's. <laughs> yeah, for reals. So Yadong is actually a minus 135 favorite to Kadar, and I think they're seeing what I'm seeing I as well. I think that's about right. Yet, that being said, I don't think there's any value in Song. Not for 8-6, not on DK. Not on DK. I you think betting-wise, you well parlay him up a little bit more. But yeah, I think Kadar's though, is very rudimentary. When you see him, you're going to be like, whoa, he's powerful. But that's kind of be, his athleticism has gotten him far in a, a very low pool. A 19-year-old kid, this is looking like a setup by the UFC to me. For they, the China. They would like Yadong Song to make a run at this. This is kind of a... He's a good-looking kid. They need a star out of China. This is kind of brilliant. I see everything you see with how this could kind of be a setup with them. And against a guy who really, in all intents and purposes, is one of the only Indian fighters in the UFC from India. People were saying this, and I would just say, we just had uh, Bumar or Bumnar from A Billion Strong. So he's, people are saying that he's the first Indian fighter and he's not. He's the second, the heavyweight that just debuted, that looked really good, that came in with uh, wrestling credentials, Olympic wrestling credentials. Boomdar, Boomdar. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. so wrong on it, but I know he. So second. Yeah, second. But a billion's coming in. They're creeping in, India. I, we hear you. We hear you. Kadar's a good athlete. Good because they're gonna in five years India's gonna have a nasty scene of wrestlers or fighters coming in. I guarantee it because of this type of a fighter. I think we're gonna see the same from China. There, I think part of the issue with China is uh, letting in different styles from other countries. But I think the more that happens in mixed martial arts being seen more as its own sect and how you need all these other things to come into it, we could see some beasts come out of China in the next few years. I love it. I love it, too. I'm interested in all this stuff. I love it because guess what? America's holding strong, baby. Yeah. America's got it all locked, baby. Well, like food. And and I've heard hear this from so many people. Uh, you can go to Mexico and have great Mexican, but if you want the best Mexican in the world, you got to go to New York City. You can go to India and have great Indian, but if you want the best India India food in the world, you got to go to New York City and, or like Chicago. And because so it's a say, melting pot. Yeah, like America, the way we. We do it. Cream rises to the top. The way we do it, yeah. But I think also there's something about the we don't have one thing we don't have pride with is opening ourselves up to different cultures and taking ownership of that in a little bit. So it doesn't it doesn't matter that 
I'm a white chick from the South. I have that cooking thing, but I have no problem with learning from my Mexican friends and learning from my black friends and learning from my Indian friends and learning from my vegetarian and vegan fr- and then like putting it in my cooking style. I, I, and I think kind of Americans are like that in general. And what I would say real quickly off topic is please, Korea, North and South, Stop trying to make fusion Mexican food cuisine. It is the most garbage fusion cuisine you can. You can fuse both of those individually with other cultures and it works. It doesn't work with Mexican food. I've tried it multiple times and people always lie about how good it is. It just, noodles in a burrito do not work even if you put a little beef in there. So just try something else. Mexican food doesn't need tampering with. But I do, I I was gonna say what's okay. I saw some good eats about some um, African-American barbecue with some quesadillas and some pulled pork stuff. And they were doing tacos and quesadillas with some black food. Gut ache. I would eat that all day. I gained like 15 pounds. It sounds delicious. Where Korean shrimp in a burrito just is not. But then like fish tacos. Isn't that kind of an Asian fusion with Mexican? No. fish. Mariscos is a very specific type of cuisine that's coastal. But even what they put in it, in the fish tacos at a lot of places. But that's people already in fusion. Yeah, it's Americanized. I'm not traditional, but they all got the roots for Mexican food and then adapted it. But I'm saying that Korean food doesn't mix with Mexican food out of all of them. Black food works with it. Or black food. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows what I mean. Ribs, baby. Yeah, but it's not the same as like African <laughs> yeah. food. No, it isn't. Not at all. African food like, like southern black food. Right. Well, I guess even Mexican. ribs would be like Midwestern. Mexican food with like Indian food. Ooh, spice and spice. A little bit of different spices. I'll dig mix that stuff up for me as well. I, there's all sorts of stuff, but there's some that don't. And stop pushing them together. On our food break, we ended up moving over <laughs> to <laughs> Caitlin Curran. Caitlin Curran versus so Indian and uh, Asian <laughs> fusion. That got, when you guys watch this fight, think of Asian Indian fusion. You, I have to say, even what we're board. talking about now, it's kind of how I feel about this fight card. And I have to be honest, this will be my lowest gambled fight card on DraftKings and Bovada this week. I don't know enough and don't bank enough to tell. I don't know how I feel about certain fighters to tell the audience to go with them. We're getting a big infusion of culture into the UFC. Yeah, and that'll make for better fighters. Globally, this it's what we were saying before. This sets up in five years. And it's already happened because we have had a few China cards and stuff. Fighters are getting better, but because UFC is going to mainland, there is 15-year-olds that are like, Dad, can we go to an MMA gym? And in five years, they're going to be 21 years old in the UFC or 19 years old like this young man here. So, moving on. Chinese Sage Northcutt. (laughs) (laughs) To a potential, a a supposed potential Sage Northcutt with Caitlin Curran versus Exana Yan at 115 pounds. We have Curran being one of the biggest failure like prospects that she was hot and had did she dye her hair silver multiple times she is in a lot of ways like rawlings where she's really exciting she looks like this is why you want to go with current every time no joke when she's standing there at weigh-ins it's the goddamn mother of dragons it's the goddamn you're like is that the khaleesi 
Is that no. the Khaleesi up there? Obviously, I want that the Khaleesi's going to win. That never happens. It never happens, everyone. Please. Learn from my mistakes. Just put all your money on the other person. It doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> so why would you say Curran tends to lose a fight? Because, yeah, I would like your point of view. Well, she like, goes to happens? decision. So she, she, she has no technique. So she keeps going in for garbage takedown after garbage takedown after garbage takedown that the person needs minimal defense to stay standing. She gets picked apart on the way out. She doesn't ever land anything. Alex Chambers beat her. <laughs> she learn. She loses. She just doesn't throw anything. She ends up just walking forward. She keeps trying for takedowns and they're not even. I remember you pointing it out. She doesn't go for the hips. She doesn't go for a leg. She just, like, walks right in. She doesn't have any level change. Uh I see her coming. I think I... I don't think Kaylin Curran could take me down. (laughs) (laughs) I call her out. I got you, Mother of Dragons. (laughs) (laughs) So, the four and five fighter Curran has definitely had five fights in the UFC, with four of those being losses. Uh, lost to Alex Chambers, a win over Emily Keegan, who I don't think is in the UFC anymore, lost to Jamie Moyle in a decision, lost to Al Boo in a decision. Um, she can get out work. Caitlin Curran has no gas tank, is also why she has such bad shot entries, is because she throws good kicks and flashy stuff, but it doesn't go past the first round. We've never, at end of the second and third round, she always is so gassed that she goes to one kick, two kicks, you can move out of the way, and on the ground, she can be reversed very easily and has flaws in her game for sure. The debuter, Yan, is 7-1, fighting all throughout China, being 28 years old to the 26th current. The fight experience, Yan has more of it, has... Seven and one to, they're even with eight fights. She's come. Yan's coming in with men, many more wins. Yan can finish people as well. She has serviceable striking. She has actually a bit of power. And with Yan, she's gonna end up being the taller fighter with an inch. The arm reach we don't know for her, but Curran comes in with sixty-five inches. We don't have to worry about Curran's power really. Even with her kicks, they're so non-committal and so just out there to land a point that they don't really hurt women all that much. Yan has a common friend in Jin Li Yang. And Yan has actually moved her for the first time. She trained at Jackson Winklejohn for the last six to eight months. Ooh. Getting her game better. Interesting. She's not just fighting nobodies. She does have other women in there that still isn't UFC caliber women, but that's going to happen at any organization outside of the UFC. But Yang has got good defense on the ground. Nothing that really stuck out to me. The women that she was beating, even with submissions, was because she ended up beating the crap out of them standing, and she eventually just got the kill by a thousand cuts. She does have a bit more power, and I think that this is a TKO round two against Curran. Curran quits on herself, has no gas tank, and hasn't evolved she's just somebody who's been a pretty face and it's a stepping stone for the china fighter this is a setup as well for me i have the slight favors who actually opened up as a slight underdog everybody has been seeing i've already put money on yan what do you think goes on i feel like i know where you're going i got a tko round two yan hi uh, yan right now on DraftKings is seven nine current is eight three 
I have to agree with you all day on this. You got to put Yan everywhere. A hundred percent. You got to vote against the mother of dragons. Yeah. She is only there because if, if they could eke a win out of her, she has all the looks to be another Paige Van Zandt for them. She has all that potential to get eyes on the women's division. As much as it sucks in the sexist world we live in, that's how it rolls, people. Everybody assumes a tough-looking girl can win fights. It's an anomaly that a pretty girl, and it's the anomalies that make us watch fighting now. That's what the entertainment, not us as in huge fight fans, but the extra to get the extra layer, they the want the people. anomalies. So Caitlin Curran was a host for an anomaly that is never going to come through. I don't even know anything about this other girl except that she, Kaylin Curran's going to give up in round three and give up her back and get submitted. That seems to be her other game. If she gets beat up too long, she's not going to get knocked yep. out. She gives up her neck. She gives up, and she's going to get submitted. I see. If it, I think we put Yan everywhere, and I actually already moved her over to the Lesbo in the bean card. Ooh, finally we got a little finally. bit of, Finally, we got a little something going on. Moving on to the welterweight bout, we have Bobby Nash first debuting Keegan Song, or Keenan Song, could be pronouncing the first name wrong, but uh, Nashley, pretty funny name right there. Nashley. Oh, is it Nashley? Ooh, Nashley. So, don't mean a thing. The Division One wrestler has had two fights in the UFC and is coming off of a two fight losing streak in the UFC, losing to Jin Liang via TKO who's fighting later on this night, and Donny, Danny Roberts as of four months ago in TKO. So Bobby Nash doesn't have that good of a chin, unfortunately. It's made of glass. Glass Nash. And it's been four months, so I don't like that turnaround, especially since he's got knocked out prior to that. Nash is, again, a D1 wrestler, really relies on his wrestling to win a lot of his fights. He can get you with some ground and pound punches and submissions, but it's all based off of that wrestling in what I think happened as well with potentially the Danny Roberts fight was Danny Roberts is, has undervalued wrestling and Nash got picked apart too much standing because he's beaten guys on the feet with power, but they were so low guys that hopefully he's gotten away from that and really relies on his wrestling. Keegan Song being 12-4, and four, coming off of a two-fight losing streak, this debut fighter just loss he only has four losses last loss being a tko 10 months ago and prior to that losing a decision to 10 and 6 fighters he's been on a streak he has some knockouts and finishes the moderate underdog at 27 years old is the same age as nashti the height is the same for a chinese fighter six foot i think he's a tower in there but he looked gangly where nashti nash is a ball of muscle who cuts down from 195 pounds where Song walks around at 170 pounds at six foot. The wrestling, Song's never seen anything like. He's not gonna, he's never been in there with a D1 wrestler or somebody with the hips at all. The clear path to win is double leg takedown to eventually submission. The last TKO that I did end up seeing for Song was a body shot to the liver knocked him out a standing TKO and he was getting beat up that entire fight by the fighter he was fighting Riddle Brad Riddle who is a 2-0 fighter so an American guy who probably couldn't make it in the USC has already knocked this guy with body shots and that's how 
rudimentary the striking is for Song. Uh, the fights I saw on the ground were very low quality grappling as well. So I don't see a submission coming from Song. If anything, they go to the ground. It's just top position until I get your neck and submit you. Uh, by Nash, if it stays standing, Song has a little bit of a shot. But the people that knock out Nash have had so much more power than Song. So I got Nash submission round two. I think that wrestling comes through. That might move to round one just because Song's going to get a rude awakening. This is actually... A setup fight that I think is going to really go opposite the other way. Interests me that they put Nash in this. That he's fighting for a contract and a 2-0 fighter in his last two. It's just weird. So, Submission, what do you think goes on in this fight? I see a ground and pound finish at the end of round one for Nash. Uh, I think he beats the tallest man in China. I think he beats the tallest <laughs> Chinese man in Keenan Song. Uh, I don't... Even though I see that clear as day happening... I haven't seen anything from Bobby Nash that makes me trust his chin at all. Um, four months ago, I don't like that he's been knocked That's out. Too short. too short of a time. I can see a flash knockout happening either way. I think the fact that both these guys have knockouts, have been knocked out in the last year, the UFC is almost setting this up. This is going to be an exciting banger. This fight is just going to be them throwing Ooh, until sneaky somebody. fight of the night potential? I think it, no, I, think, <laughs> I don't think either guy has a chin enough oh, for it okay. to be a fight of the night. They're going to go throw in. It's going to be so fast, and then we're going to have to watch two minutes on replay of like, holy shit, look at these sloppy motherfuckers <laughs> just go at it. Um, I have Nash KO around one. I'll speckle him in there. I don't know what to say about that. Let's look on DraftKings. And yeah, see what we got. I was going to say it depends on what nine it is. 9 1 for Nash. Yeah. Uh, I will have him hardly anywhere for 9 1. Though I think that Nash all day. I'm fairly confident seven in that. 7 1 on Nash. I don't like the chin one on stuff. Song. I don't like all of the chin stuff with Nash, but. Four months ago. I know. I usually stay away from this. This is going to be speckled. That's why I'm not going to. Speckled it, at 9 1. Right. And it's in Nash that has the value. We not agree song. on one. I'll move Nash over for now. Alrighty, moving on to the next fight. We're going to the featherweights, 145 pounds, and we have Zabit Magaparashevpav versus Simon Moraes. The Russian fighter is 26-year-old to Moraes' debuting, 27 years old coming out of Rio de Janeiro. Zaryapov is 13-1, debuting in the UFC, beating Mike Santiago in a submission rear naked choke two months ago, and Santiago was a contender that won his bout on the contendership who got a fight against Zabib. Ended up, I think, I went with Santiago and Zabib picked him apart standing. Zabib throws a shit ton of spinning shit. Get ready for some spinning shit because he does not care. His ground, Zabib on the ground, is serviceable. He isn't likely to get submitted, but he's not. he doesn't submit you because he's amazing on the ground. He submits you because he hurts you with his unorthodox striking. Comes in with that more looping style of Russian stuff, but he just throws spinning kicks to the body, and that's where he really hurts a lot of his opponents. He has a disgustingly fast spinning back kick to the body. That hurts every one of his opponents. He really times it well off of a jab or a right. I just really, I like the striking that's coming in, but he's beating another debut fighter that was also iffy with whether he's going to stay in the UFC. I think people are putting in way too much credit. I know that he's a heavy favorite, Zabid is, and I don't see it. I think Marias is 9-1, minus, or a plus 2-325 favorite. I see the Moderate value. Moderate underdog. 
of value in Marias. I think this fight goes to a decision just because Marias is serviceable. He's fought in World Series of Fighting, which is now the PFL. He's been out. He beat a decision over Palomino, who actually is a very unique power striker as well with a good gas tank. And I'd say that's the caliber of fighter that Sharapov is. I think that this is a coin flip of a fight. This is like a Sharapov minus 120. I think the hype because of the finishes that Sharapov's been able to get multiple times over and prove him with his gas tank, that people expect him to get a TKO round one. And what the DK line is going to be heavy for him. And I'm going to speckle him if that, because again, I'm seeing a decision still in favor for the favorite. But I think this is a value play. DK wise might be some Marias because he's going to go into a decision. So would you say Marias at 6 9 on DraftKings, uh, Magometa Sharapov 9 3? Would you say Marias is a what, what, what wager gauger? I think that's 100% going to be the wager gauger. What do you think? Am I crazy? <sighs> you know, I really like Zabit. Magometa Sharapov. He's one of my favorite fighters coming up right now. I think the hype train's real because he is out of Russia. I think he's fighting at the right weight class to get a ton of attention. Um, there isn't a lot of other guys from this country fighting at that level. I don't think Marias is a walkthrough by any means. I think he has a good chin. I don't think he's going to get knocked out. I actually see this as a very exciting fight of the night potential. I, I agree I with think that. We're going to see um, some awesome BJJ and some awesome wrestling. I think we're going to see, but and really clean always, striking all the way around. Marias is not weak. Marias isn't weak at all. The only reason that I have a favorite, and I agree with you on the, I'd say the favorite should be with Zabit, but only maybe. 150. One. 150. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I got it pretty close. Because I think the wrestling beats the BJJ all day. I think it stifles it. I think he has crisp strikes. Um, I think he has crazy kicks. Uh, I think he can pick apart that front leg to take away Marias's power. It's how much quit does Marias have. Um, I actually have Magometa Sharapov finishing KO round three. I will speckle him, but I just do think it should be a lot closer. I think both guys, don't put them on the same card, but if you want to fill your card with something, I don't think Marias is going to get walked through. Exactly. If he goes to decision and gets 20, 30 points, he pays For every six, cent nine. of that, and you can load it with all these other finishes that potentially I don't know, because anyone that's over nine has to break 100 to me. I don't know if we see Magomedov Sharapovov do that unless there's a ton of reversals or something. If there's a ton of reversals, it goes both ways, hopefully. Yeah. Where they're so. both reversing each other, so that's where it pays off. But this, a straight, like, betting play, Marias is not, I still don't think is going to win, so don't say that. So we right were, now, we both have Zabit. I'm throwing him on the card for now. And if I had to pick one guy over 9,000 to go with, Zabit or Bobby Nash, I'm going to go with Zabit. I don't feel that way. I feel like Bobby Nash more. I just really, really think this is going to... Yeah, the finish. The finish is more there for Zabit. Okay, I'm okay with that. But I'm not taking either of them off right now. We'll okay. see where we go. All right, moving on to the next fight. We have a welterweight bout between debuting 13-1 and Muslim Sakihov versus Alex Garcia. Alex Garcia being 14-4 and is coming out of the Republic of the Dominica, but been a tri-star disciple for a long time. The 30-year-old fighter has been very underwhelming. He was supposed to be the next big thing and uh, really has just gas, ta- has had mega gas tank issues. 
the Russian fighter being 13 and 1 has various knockout submissions throughout his career. His only loss is via submission where I believe the the Russian is some sort of sambo champion as well. He has a multiple combat experience and he's beating fighters with 19 and 15 records. People that have, well, I guess 0 and 1, 37 and or 32 and 12. He's finishing guys. I feel like he's a sambo fighter and that's where he has his accolades, which has always traditionally really transferred well because of the submission. I know he's moved over to China to build a name for himself of recent. Oh, good to know. He's a 33-year-old fighter, but the experience is about the same. Garcia has been fighting higher caliber with the UFC by far, but I think that the Russian fighter can easily transfer his skills into a fighter with Garcia that has gas tank issues and has been known to break. What does scare me in this fight, though, is as I was saying, the only one loss that Shamil, the king of Kung Fu, so I'm assuming he's a Kung Fu practitioner. So the king of Kung Fu has a very Kung Fu-esque style of fight with some ground game that is good. It's good enough to beat a lot of people. It's just whether I trust Garcia's gas tank. The trip across the world as well isn't going to help a person like Garcia. Garcia is a front runner who, even if he's winning the fight, will slow down and eke out. He gets his fights really close is because people always come back in the third round for him. And this Kung Fu master, or the king of Kung Fu, has the style of fight to put it on him in the third round and finish his fight via submission uh, or, more likely, ground and pound. I have a decision for the King of Kung Fu, I don't think that he's likely to blow out Garcia as much as people expect him to. I see Garcia being an underdog here, and I see a little more value in Garcia just with the experiences he's had. He is win one, lose one against people like Tim Means and uh, beating Mike Pyle and also losing, beating Mike Swick and losing to people like Neil Magny. It's just, you know how to beat Garcia, but we really haven't seen if the Kung Fu Master can do it. Gonna be a fun fight. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna stay away from this betting wise. What do you think goes on in this fight? On DraftKings, uh, Salikov is 8 9. Garcia is 7 3. I actually see more value in Garcia than Marias. I know that Garcia is, he has been underwhelming since he's been in here. He has a shitty gas tank. Um, I also think the guys that he's lost to are guys that are some of, like Tim Means, he lost to a Tim Means four months ago. Yeah. So, and Tim Means has that cycle where we get to see him bust bad every third fight. Right. And that was one of the fights he looked okay in. Mike Pyle, knockout, you know, yep. should be. He lost to Sean Strickland. He's one of our favorite guys. Yep, um, yep, yep, call that Mike one. Swick, he wins. Mike Swick, I wouldn't on say, is anyone. He should be on the way out. And then Neil Magny losing, but that was three years ago. And that was a good Neil Magny. That was when Neil Magny was hot. And that's also, though, where Garcia can put it on you because Garcia beat Magny an inch of his life in that first round. And Magny just having incredible cardio and redeemability came back to win that fight but Garcia can put it together coming out of TriStar he has all the tools and all the physical attributes that anybody could ask for 
I think it's closer. I think it's closer I than people think. I think it's hella closer. And then I'm looking at, you know, if you look at the Russian's record, he went against some crazy, you know, the last guy that he fought had a crazy record. But everyone, bef- not everyone before that, some guys had 1-0 records, 1-1 one one records. So he has this speckled, almost in a way, of a lot of other Russian fighters I know, including like Khabib Nurmagomedov, where it's a really padded win record mm-hmm. with... Like, oh, you fought me in one, and you put that down as a win. No one knows who Cheney is. <laughs> you know, like, oh, shit. Yeah, so. that, it's more likely he has those in his career instead of Garcia, which we've seen come up in the regional scenes. I just think Garcia, he's coming out of a good camp. He hasn't lost to crazy huge guys. He's kind of of the age. I think going in against Tim Means, I would have Tim Means beating the Russian guy all day, and I actually think Garcia against the Tim Means we just watched would have won that fight. I think I'm going to have Garcia decision on this. I don't think either guy's a hometown favorite. I do see the gassing potential here. I also think uh, Salikov has never been hit with the power that Garcia has in his hands. So, um... I have Selikov decision right now. Exactly. Because exactly. it's I'm such a favorite. It. I'm changing yeah. it to Garcia decision. I just, I like his UFC experience better. I'm not, Kung uh, Fu, nothing against it. We're not seeing a lot the, of Kung Fu practitioners hold belts in the UFC these days. The travel time could also affect Garcia. Ugh. And we, you just told me. But if, if, if Salikov, I don't know where in Russia is he from. If he's from Moscow or something, that's a long-ass flight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the one thing I will say is how many times has Garcia been tested by USADA compared to Salikov? But this is the other thing. Garcia, oh, Dominican Republic. I was about to be racist and say if he he's fights out Canada, of Brazil. He grew, no, he, no, he's been out of Canada for years, like 10 years plus now. He lives in Canada. I'm going to have Garcia decision right now. I know it's a weird underdog um, I will have him speckled on my cards, but I'll have Solikov too. Uh, I just don't see any value in Solikov at uh, when I see it being a decision either way at 8-9. Moving on to the next fight, we have a featherweight bout, 145 pounds. Alex Caceres is returning versus Guan Lang, the Dongboogie Tiger. Hey, that's kind of cool nickname. The Dondu Boogie Tiger versus Bruce Leroy. Caceres Leroy. Give me the power. Bruce Leroy is definitely a longtime <laughs> UFC veteran. Coming off of a win as a, uh, off of his last fight to Rolando Dye in a TKO eye stoppage, eye poke. We know what we're with, getting with Caceres at a 13-10 and 10 record. He... That last win that he had, I thought he would have still won without that eye poke stoppage. D did play that up now that I'm remembering it because he kept saying, I I can't see. And they were like, okay, but we're not calling it because it it was more of a punch, I believe. Um, Yeah, something interesting with D there. So either way, Caceres has fought people and lost to Jason Knight. Yair Rodriguez, but before that, he's gone on winning streaks a little bit against Cole Miller, Decision, uh, Fullen. He's also beaten other guys, Carriasso, other contenders. So the thing with Caceres that we always say is he has a kung fu style in the UFC and it gets in decision fights because he point fights. The submissions come 
when he usually hurts people. He has a good scramble. He's very, very scrappy on the ground. But what is always a hesitation with Bruce Leroy is he's like, this is kind of a job and I could be a painter next week. Not necessarily a painter, but he's just okay with whatever, living in the moment and not, and at times being more in the moment than worrying about winning a fight. And he can enjoy the fight and let it get away from him. And he's just like, no, man, it's there's nothing to it. But with Caceres, he's also been fighting since the Masvidal days on YouTube. So even though he has this weird personality, he's still a fighter. He's just not the traditional hard ass. I'm a badass. He's just like, no, man, it's all good. It's all good. Can I smoke weed before this thing? Because <laughs> he's bobbed and popped a few times. And it's just his personality. But he has a good gas tank. He throws a lot of spinning shit. When he hurts people and submits them and or finishes them, it's because he hits them with like a spinning kick off of something else. And it catches. It's the one that you don't see that puts you down more so than the power shot. And Caceres has that type of striking. Quan Guang is 19-1 coming out of China. He has a few TKO finishes. He's gone to the distance multiple times as well in his career. He definitely has a lot of experience. At 31 years old being 5'11", Caceres is fairly tall for the 145 division. So with Caceres as well, he didn't do well against Jason Knight, who's taller in that division. And I think that Caceres does do much better with people that he can physically just overwhelm and that's not going to happen in this fight and I have seen constantly guys that are Caceres's size give him a problem regardless of their skills because it's more of an even even match where what 5'10 at 145 pounds is huge 5'11 lanky. that's Diaz lanky yeah and this Wang is has a little more muscle built onto him his striking is very forward Muay Thai based Nothing impressed me at all. He has a good gas tank and he understands how to win a the fight. Dean was not impressed with your performance. Yeah, it, it, nothing came out to me. I think Caceres can win this on sure experience, but I do think that Wang wants it more right now. He's coming into the UFC and Caceres can let fights get away from him where the crowd's going to be behind Wang. I feel like Wang's a slight underdog here, but Wang has been hurt. The few fights that I saw of Wang, he got hurt Badly, and he's also fought mixed competition. It hasn't just been Chinese fighters. Padded record yeah. all day. He fought. Uh, Everyone Shane he's fought, except for one person, has like a zero zero one one record. But Shane Young, who just debuted in the UFC, he has a decision win over. That's not, and Shane Young was six and two younger in his record, but that was over two years ago. But that's where I'm saying and that's that the only guy he's fought with a record. Yeah, that's a good point. He's fight. He's fighting bums to get his. To get him feeling good. He's got... But with the bumps he's fighting, he's serviceable. He definitely... I think the crowd's going to get behind him. Caceres can win this if he decides to go to the takedown game and whatever. But Caceres doesn't do that. Every once in a while, he'll throw in a takedown. But he likes to throw a couple spinning things, step back, bump his hair, touch, dance around. He likes to be a somewhat of a showman in there. And I think that moving forward, bad judging, this is going to be a split decision fight. I got Wang. I don't think it, this is a value fight either way because I think it goes to decision. I don't think there's a finish for either fighter. More likely if there's a finish, I would say it goes Caceres' way than Wang. But I think it's a robbery type of a fight going Wang and it's because Caceres does it to himself like Wang he always Wan does. Wang Wan right now is 7-7. Seven, seven. 
on DraftKings okay. against Alex Caceres' 8-5. I think they dance in front of each other I the time. see this going completely different. I actually see this fight being, I think the UFC has always liked Bruce Leroy. They like his shtick. They like his character. He seems like an easy guy to play ball with, make contract signings with. I do think he's constantly getting better. It is on how he feels in the ring. Like it, it, it against Yair, that was such a weird style versus style. With two tornadoes in there. Yeah, it was so crazy. Um, but other than that, I liked what he's shown us. I also think the way Jason Knight beat him, it showed me that Alex had a better chin than I was thinking that he had in the last couple years. Um, because they threw for a while oh, in that yeah. fight and he got hurt. But this is what I kind of see happening here. UFC is going into China, like you said. What better person to give them than Bruce Leroy to, as their UFC? He's a kung fu stylist. He's a kung fu stylist. His name's Bruce Leroy. Um, but that's American. Not because that's the American, isn't that the last dragon? Bruce Leroy. Yeah, but still Bruce Lee. Yeah. It's like such a big deal yeah, it's a culturally. Play yeah. Um, even with all the UFC Shanghai shirts, how they have the half Bruce Lee, half UFC. Um, uh, hello, back again. Okay, so um, <laughs> I, I think the UFC is just kind of setting this up to have um, Alex Caceres be kind of a Chinese superstar. I think um, the Dongbei Tiger, Guan Wang, I think he is a hero there right now so it's a perfect way to just have our guy come out and murk them and i do think china will accept bruce leroy i think Ooh. they like i do think he's exciting enough to watch he has a sweet personality so i actually am gonna have caceres everywhere which i can't believe i would ever say those words i'm not okay with that i'm, I'm gonna not have okay him with that. on a whole lot of stuff and i think he's gonna finish in a knockout at the end of round one a straight kick up the middle or i see it happening round two Ooh. All right, little dissension. I got an underdog there. We'll see what happens. Woo! Moving on to the co-main event of the night. We are finally getting there. This is going to be like 10 a.m. in the morning on the East Coast here, but we have a Jin big Yang. underdog. Yeah, no, is he a big underdog? Well, no, he's 130 on Bovada lines. Okay, Slight to Caceres is plus 160. So uh, negative oh, under 160. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Minus 160 for Caceres being the favorite. So with the co-main event, we have, I think, the most talent out of China. I've said, alluded to it a few times on the show. Jin Liang, the leech, for a reason, has been at Jackson Winklejohn for a while against Zach Ottawa. And Ottawa is coming off of a couple wins. Uh, being 15-4, and four, he has a split decision loss to Sergio Marias. And then last coming off of a win to a split decision versus Kumimoto, which... I believe Ottawa was a huge favorite. He also has a split decision over Josh Berkman and decision over Craig Ellenberger. Uh, but either way, his debut, so he speckled with two wins in the UFC, one one loss. And Jin Liang is also a veteran now, has been fighting in the UFC for a while. He, like I was saying before, is 13-4, and four, losing to uh, Submission Kineti Kiramara, but prior to that, beating Diego Lima via TKO two years ago, and then coming off of a three-fight winning streak to Anton Zafir, Bobby Nash in a TKO, and as of late, Frank Camacho in a short notice fight, and that was a decision. I've liked the evolution I've seen with uh, Li Jingyang, or Li. Also being 29 years old, he's a younger fighter, to Ottawa's 30 years old 
and the taller fighter goes to Jilin to Lang at six foot to the five eleven Ottawa. The reach advantage goes an inch and a half to Ottawa, and Ottawa has really underperformed. I think he fights to the level of his fighter, to the value of his fighter. He stays right in the pot. He stays where they want to be. If they want to stand, he's willing to go there. If they want to go to the ground, he's willing to go there. But he never has that finish at you. He doesn't have that kill instinct, and I think Lee has that more. He's been training at the States for a long time. He's getting quality competition. With his Chinese striking style and his ground game, he's always been his strength. He really is very, very strong and has really good back mount once he gets you down and can really move there well his striking has really come along really well as well where he got that knockout against nash was set up with a point fighting with power he has he used to throw with such abandonment that he'd throw himself out of position but i feel like winkle john being that point fighting system has reined that in a lot where it's still not the best striking but he still has tons of power in it and he's so good on the ground that lee tends to throw all of his weight into shots which i think there's just submission comes if he ends up hurting Ottawa, if they go to the ground, it'll come because he hurts some standing. But what can happen with Lee as well is that he gasses a bit more. His gas tank has gotten much better. Um, but he can get into that one and two strikes where he just starts to throw the overhand right, spam it for two rounds and get a fight taken away. Where it's going to be a grinding fight, but I do see Lee winning this. He's a slight favorite at minus 180 to Ottawa's underdog plus 150. What do you think goes on in this fight? Oh, this is another uh, fight that I think potentially could be one of those crazy even talks about fights of the year. I think anytime Jen Liang gets in there, it's going to be a stand and blow. The only weaknesses I see in his game is if he does get taken down. I think both guys are just going to stand there and we're going to see heavy punches, tons of blood, uh, the Barbarian has soft skin. I do think the Leech can um, take advantage of that and get a soft cut above one of the eyes, which makes it that much uglier. And I, uh, Dominic Cruz said it. Once a fighter sees his own blood and they don't know how bad the cut is, they start fighting differently because they think the fight's going to get called because of the cut. We also don't know anything about how China's going to treat these kind of things. We don't know anything about how they're going to score things. So I kind of think you've got to go with Lee everywhere on this. Um, I think he can finish it. I see if he finishes it, it'll be late because I don't think Zach Ottawa has a bad chin. Agreed. Um, and I do think uh, Jen Liang has awesome power. Uh, so I do think if it's a finish, it's a late finish. And I see Lee uh, technical knockout in round three. Ooh, I don't know if I said it's submission round two for me, Lee. I think he hurts him, though, and then just snatches up that neck after he hurts him. Moving on to the main event. So we, we put have, Lee on our card? I think Lee goes, what's the DK, DK by the way? He is 8-8 right now against Zach Ottawa, 7-4. And the other thing I have to say, that's probably the cheapest you're going to see Zach Ottawa on DraftKings. He usually does go to decision with his fights. He does seem like he's pretty uh, hardy, so he um, can take sticks a beating, around, yeah. sticks around. So, you know, maybe he isn't if you're looking for somebody low to put on. I'm not opposed to Zach Ottawa, but I definitely like Lin, Lin Jin Liang everywhere. Lee Jin Liang everywhere. <laughs> that was racist too, <laughs> Lin. So, the, debut, the main event is crippled by a USADA test Anderson Silva falling out of this fight due to some dick pills I'm sure sure it was some dick pills 
uh, funny how they people keep taking dick pills even though they always pop on them. So Michael Bisbing notoriously just lost his belt to the greatest fighter of all time, GSP, being submitted but pieced up a little bit, having some gnarly cuts over the brow. I'm surprised that they actually have had time to heal versus a title contender who has moved up in weight, has had weight issues, Kevin Fatboy Gastelum, definitely uh, a dark horse in the division, but Kevin Gastelum's own worst enemy is his own mental game. And the way Gastelum, he's 14 and 3 against Michael Bisbing's 30 and 8. The taller fighter is going to be Michael Bisbing at 6'1 to the 5'9, Kevin Gastelum, but Gastelum knows how to fight bigger guys. And we just saw Michael Bisbing lose to a 5'9 fighter because GSP ain't no 5'10, 5'11. The longer reach is going to go to GSP, or sorry, to Michael Bisbing at 75 and a half inches to. Kevin Gastelum, Kelvin Gastelum's 71 and a half inches. Gastelum has very traditional boxing with great wrestling, great hips. On the ground, Chris Weidman showed exactly the game plan to beat Kevin Gastelum on the ground. Very heavy top ground game. When Kevin Gastelum, he does, we used to know it in wrestling as a fat boy role. Where you just kind of pendulum yourself over a few times and then you shoot your arm through and all of a sudden you end up throwing your arm over and getting a uh, reversal on the fighter. That can happen to Michael Bisbing if he goes to the ground, but Michael Bisbing tends to like to stay standing, striking as well. We know what we're getting with Michael Bisbing. Kickboxing style, very point fighting, does not finish you via knockout most of the time unless you're Luke Rockhold, but usually kills you by a thousand cuts, peppers you until you just can't take anymore. Gastelum has an okay gas tank. But that mental game, he's a weak at times to me, and it does intimidate me. I still think Gastelum is an up-and-coming fighter. He's still learning a lot about himself. At 26 years old, he is learning about a lot about himself. And the scary thing with Gastelum is also his other issues with the travel. He's had issues with traveling before and making the weight. And he's had issues almost not making 185 pounds. He's in that fat boy category for a reason he's the johnny hendrix type but he definitely can correct all of it the biggest thing for me is bisming just got out of a beating too short of a time ago three weeks ago prepare most people like to prepare months bisming's doing a twofer and getting two fights for the price of one one training camp for gsp he's holding on to that cardio and Bisping has an avenue of winning this in a decision because Gastelum can really slow down, but Gastelum carries his power because he is heavy-handed in any weight class he fights in. Uh, and he pepper he really stings people with really crisp jabs. I think the jab is going to perform heavily, and it's more of a fade on Bisping than a play on Gastelum right now. I would pick Gastelum in a lot of other fights still, and I think Bisping is one of those people I'll pick Gastelum against. TKO round two, I just think too short a notice. How do you feel this fight goes out? Kelvin's 9,000 on DraftKings against Bisping 7-2. I'm playing Kelvin all day on that. Wowee. He's a moderate favorite at uh, under 325 against the moderate underdog plus 250, Michael Bisping. And I have to say, I'm going with 
Michael Bisping all day Woo! everywhere. I'm Woo! putting Michael Bisping on every single one of my cards, and here's why. Kelvin has yet to beat a middleweight. He has yet to beat a UFC caliber middleweight. And I want you to scroll huh. through it, and you tell me the UFC caliber middleweight he's beat so far. Because I don't see one. So you're going to go against the ex-champ and beat him? I don't see that happening. Uh, second point. Uh-huh. Michael Bisping has trained his last four fights for a five-round fight. Fatboy Kelvin, who has problems with making weight anyway, is going to have good cardio for a five-round. I almost think Michael Bisping can play with him if he wants. Stay at distance for three rounds and then pick him apart at the end of the third, fourth, fifth, if he wants to. He has the longer reach, the better boxing style. I think Kelvin has crazy awesome power. I think he's one of, Kelvin's one of my favorite fighters, but the only way I really want to see him fight anymore, this division has chewed him up. The only way I want to see him fight again is at 170. Beating Tim Kennedy is not a win for this division for me. So I got this being KO round three, and I'm going to have him everywhere. And when I looked at the DraftKings and saw that he was 7-2, I can't. You can pick whoever you want. I can't even believe that he's going to be my easy underpick to fill my cards with really whatever I want. You have very interesting points, and Bisping does have good takedown defense, and if he gets taken down, he can get up from the best of the best. Kelvin doesn't shoot too many takedowns either. He the really, really thing, doesn't. It's an interesting... Michael Bisping got the belt on less notice than he's taken this fight on. He is a lifelong martial artist where he is okay, where he's like, yeah, whatever. Again, I think he's using his last training camp, his cardio, and like... Uh, you're gonna beat me twice. GSP beats Gastelum all day in very similar styles. I think you're you pointed that out while you were breaking it down. Very similar styles. So yeah, I Bisping. That fight went wonky towards obviously the end of it. Sure, but up until that point. But that jab also was the thing that set up that entire fight. And Kevin Kelvin has a fucking beautiful. Not jab. nearly as quick though as GSP's. I think you'd be surprised. I think his jab's going to be on highlight. But that, that, All right. I love it. I, I love, love it, it, too. I so love I got it. this being everywhere. I think he's your underdog. Um, I think you stay away from Bisping. You better listen to that, Bean. I'm not worried about um, Bisping. He seems like the kind of guy that led armies thousands of years ago to claim Europe for the Anglo-Saxon <laughs> white man. Missing an eye. <laughs> yeah, he don't yeah. even care. Yeah, it's true. He's care. a fighter's fighter for sure. So what ended up being our DraftKings card that we've kind of... We're actually we missing at? a fighter. Uh, so who do we have so far? We have Jan Zionen versus Curran, and we have her at 7-9. Okay, I like it. Right now we have Bobby Nash over Keenan at 9-1. I like that as I'm, well willing to trade that out but you oh okay okay um, okay but uh we have zabit magna sharparov at nine three okay sharapov uh we have marias at six nine over mago that's the same oh, we fight can't have same we can't fight. have that. i left it on Boop. sorry okay then we have lee uh lin jian liang at eight eight so our discrepancies would be the fillers, but we have seven four average salary remaining. I we think, cannot afford two so, fighters over nine. But what I think is I can get rid of Zabit because I don't see him finishing. Mariah. Yeah, I don't see Bobby Nash. If Bobby Nash is his also, also for you. I see him finishing. I see Bobby Nash finishing, but I see just as likely him to get a point oh three or a point oh five. Yeah. Where I don't see Zabit getting finished at all. Yeah, I agree. To me, his feels safer, but not worth as much points if it 
if he wins. Right. And he has, yeah. And he has a big spinning attack. Okay. So do we get rid of Nash then as well, Nashty? But this is where I agree with you. I think we keep Bobby Nash because Marias is a better, cheaper play than Kinnan is. And Ki- Marias is going against Magnus Petoff, and we don't want two fighters no, on the same card. No, not on the same card. No, so no. if we have to pick one of them, even though the uh, fantasy points for Magnus Sharapov is 113 to Bobby Nash's 31.5. Like average. Yeah, because point. he's been knocked out a few times, so the the... He has short, bad nights, and people have made big nights off of him. But Danny Roberts and Mabupov, whatever, are much better fighters, much better fighters than who Bobby Nash is fighting. Leaps and bounds better. Better power, better striking, better wrestling. So what one do you think? It's the chin that is just iffy with Nash. So I think we keep Shep uh, Zabit on there. Okay, and then we'll get rid of Bobby Nash for now. Okay. And we'll go back to that. So now we have an average salary of 8000 for our fighters. And who do we have left to pick from? Which bouts or what are some of them? Uh, Chase Sherman versus Abdur Makarimov. I actually like Abdur. I, th- uh, yeah. I think we agreed on I that. I agree. We, 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 yeah, we could do that. Yep, I like him as well. Let's okay. do that. So now we have still an average salary of eight. So left we have Wu Yan, Yan Nan. Wang Guan, Kader, Buren, Ottawa, Alex Garcia, Michael Bisping, Song Keenan, Hu, Yezong, and Marias. Um, I was liking that Bisping Wu. At seven two? I was liking Wu against Menzani. Menzani. Wu Menzani. Let's look down. W U. I have Woo! Woo decision. Woo! I know how deep in the fight is that. That's early in the night. That's the third fight up. Oh, I got Manzani in that. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. You know what, though? I don't see I don't see Manzani finishing it. That's so I see I'm... it by decision. I will go with Woo on this with you. I think at 7-8, I'll slide way. with it. It's cheap enough that I, we'll put it on, and that'll give us an 8-2 average remaining salary. An 8-2. Who's in that 8,000 range, I guess, uh, that's left for us? Oh, wait. Did I put the wrong fighter on? Shit. I put Chase Sherman on. <laughs> oh, never mind. 8,000 left is our salary. So we got Wang Guan against Caceres. Okay. Uh, Kader versus Ye, Ye Dong. Oh, right. The wrestler. Buren versus D. Ottawa versus Jin Liang. Uh, Michael we have Jin Liang. Gastelum. We have Song Keenan versus Nash. And then Marias and Hu Yang Zong versus Asker. Do we... Garcia? Did we think Garcia would be worth it? Alex Garcia. Boom, boom. What fight is that of the night? Uh, that is the seventh, eighth fight of the night. Seventh, eighth fight of the night. We're, I, we're both... Song, s- Kader. We both had Song. I think he was on there now. Oh, no, it was Kader. I think Ye Dong Song was on there, too. Uh, uh, yeah, we both did have Song. Yeah, I can go with Song. Maybe he's not. Let's see. I think he was... Yeah, he's eight-something. 
Yeah, he's 8'6". Yeah. Dang. Let's see if we want to drop anyone that's... Overly priced. Yeah. Song versus Kader. What about if we drop um, Magish Zabit? Zabit. I like that because it's so much... Boom. And now we have 8-7 left to play with, which Ooh. that gives us uh, D, Bruce Leroy, Mazzani, Curran, Sherman. It doesn't open up any mm. fighters. I like Bruce Leroy in that. I'd be willing to put that. Even though All I right. have Yang, I see a split decision, and it's the crowd that bids it for Yang. All right. But this is a weird. Caceres has got a good gas tank. Here's our card right now. All righty. We got Jan Zionen. Beating Curran. We think you put that on there. Easy one to put on. Yep, agreed. Uh, we have uh, S. Aberderhimov beating Chase Sherman, maybe by a decision, but he's only 8-2, so it's cheap. We have Song Yadong beating Kader. We think that's a good one to put on. Easily agree. Kader gases. Wu over Mazzani at 7-8. Jin, or Lin Jin Liang Easy put on at eight eight, and then Bruce Leroy at eight five, and I oh I'm not entering that because I accidentally that's the thousand sixty dollar tournament. Uh, next week, next week. <laughs> yeah, maybe next week I'm gonna win so big on the B card. So you guys, if you want to stay up to date on everything, we're gonna watch the. I know we didn't even talk about the conference call. Maybe we'll do a short later in the week. No promises. No, it's the holidays. Happy the holidays. holidays. Happy holidays if you live in the States. Give thanks to MMA and Lesbo and the Bean. You can give thanks to Ooh. us by liking and subscribing. I may right have now. a little paganistic, ritualistic MMA god ceremony. I have a, I have a carcass of poultry braining right now. And tribute. You give thanks to the turkey gods. You can uh, follow us at lesboandthebean.com and like us at lesboandthebean on Twitter and hit the little bell to get the notifications on YouTube quicker than everybody else. Lesbo and the Bean!